0: Well, good morning. I'll take, I'll take the lack of music as my cue to get up. <laughs> good, good morning, everybody. It's, um, it's great to be able to, to join together on this beautiful sunny day and to come and to, to give thanks to God for all that He has done for us uh, and the abundance of His goodness towards us. Uh, this morning uh, is a Harvest Sunday, um, as you'll have noticed from the, the table here. It's a, a morning where we where we reflect on the good things that God has given to us. And it's a, a time for us also to, to share some of the abundance of God's goodness with others in our lives. So um, people have been donating things and this will go to the food bank. And Peter Ash is going to come a little bit later to explain a bit about this. Thank you. Thank you, Peter and Duncan as well. Um, so I'm going to need the kids' help. Um, I'm going to need you to think back what we have been doing in junior church and, and this is always this dangerous exercise where we try and see how effective our teaching has been in junior church and the reason we do this especially for all of us this morning is because we need to figure out where we are at in the story that we're going to be looking at in a little while um, who can tell me from junior church what have we been looking at over the last couple of weeks the a person's name Oh, not Luke, that's what we've been doing in after-school club. Okay, we were in Judges a couple of weeks ago. Layla? Sorry, I called you Layla, you're normal. Samuel, well done. Yes, we have been looking at the book of 1 Samuel the last couple of weeks. And can anybody tell me what happened to, to Hannah? So, who was Hannah? Yes. Yes. Hannah was Samuel's mum. Hannah was Samuel's mom. And she couldn't have kids for a very long, long time. And she cried out to God. And eventually, she had Samuel. And why did she name him Samuel? Can anybody remember? What does Samuel mean? Amazing. God is listening. Our God hears. Very good. That's right. Samuel, he grew up and he served in the, the temple with the priest called Eli. And Eli wasn't a very good priest. Um, and he had two sons who disobeyed and were, were not very good at all. And then we saw last week, there were people called the Philistines. Can anybody remember? Were the Philistines good or bad? You remember, Jaden? Yes, they were God's enemies. The Philistines were the enemy army, and they had come to have a battle against God's people. And God's people went out and they fought against them. And who won? Samuel, The Philistines Philistines won. The Philistines won. And so they went out to battle again. And this time they thought, I know, we'll bring. They brought something into battle. And we made a craft about it last week. Can you remember Benjamin? What was it? Was it? You can't remember. It was the Ark. The Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant was this special thing that was to show God's presence among his people. And the people thought, "I know what we'll do. We'll bring this box into battle with us and then we'll win." And what happened? They lost. They lost, they lost. again. What did we say? How were they using God and this special box? They were using it like a, a charm. like a lucky charm. They thought if they brought this box, it would act like a lucky charm, and they have everything they wanted, and everything would go well with them, but they weren't relating to God as they should. They forgot about God, and then they tried to use the things of God like a lucky charm. Now, Leila is going to come, and she's going to read the verses for us this morning, and it's 1 Samuel chapter 7, verses 2 to 13.
1: From the day that the ark was lodged in Kirath-Jerim, a long time passed, some twenty years, and all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. And Samuel said to all the house of Israel, If you are returning to the Lord with all your heart, then put away the foreign gods and the Ashtaroth from among you, and direct your heart to the Lord and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. So the people of Israel put away the Baals and the Ashtaroth, and they served the Lord only. Then Samuel said, Gather all Israel at Mizpah, and I will pray to the Lord for you. So they gathered at Mizpah and drew water and poured it out before the Lord and fasted on that day and said there, We have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the people of Israel at Mizpah. Now when the Philistines heard that the people of Israel had gathered at Mizpah, the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel. When the people of Israel heard of it, they were afraid of the Philistines, and the people of Israel said to Samuel, Do not cease to cry out to the Lord our God that he may save us from the hand of the Philistines. So Samuel took a sucking lamb and offered it to as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. And Samuel cried out to the Lord for Israel, and the Lord answered him. As Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to attack Israel, but the Lord thundered with mighty sound that the that day against the Philistines and drew them into confusion, and they were defeated before Israel. And the men of Israel went out from Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and struck them as far below Bethkar. Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shen and called its name Ebenezer, for he said, Till now the Lord has helped us. So the Philistines were subdued and did not again enter the territory of Israel, and the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel.
0: Very good. Thank you, Leila. Thank you. Okay, so we are in this, this next chapter of the story of the Israelites. And again, we, we learned that, you know, they had been in battle with the Philistines previously, and they brought the Ark into battle. They used it as a lucky charm. They were defeated. The Ark was actually captured and taken by the Philistines, and the Philistines put it in the house of their God, Dagon. And their God, which was just a lump of metal and stone, it fell over and it shattered because false gods fall down in the presence of the real God. And and we're going to learn about now, after the ark had returned to Israel, that's where we're at in this chapter, the ark has returned, how did the people respond? And I've got Four Rs, which is a really, as an Irishman, the, the letter R is problematic. So, I, we'll go phonetic. I've got four Rs. Four Rs. We've got we've got repent. We've got rely. We've got rescue and rejoice. So we'll do the two first two Rs first. So, the people, the ark had been back in their presence. For 20 years, it tells us in in verse 2, 20 years that that God's presence in in this box had kind of been back with them. But they lamented, they lamented after God. That's what the verses say. Even though this box was back and God's presence was with them in some way, something was missing. And Samuel said to them, if you are returning to God, if you're turning back to Him, do it with your whole heart. Because you see in verse 3 that there was something else that they were clinging on to. They had false gods that they were still holding on to. They hadn't fully turned to God. So I want, I want to see if I can illustrate that in a little way for us. So um, I've, got, I've got a friend who's going to come up and help us, Ian. And is one is there a child here that would like to help me? Is anybody brave enough to come up on stage? Benjamin, are you brave enough? Samuel, are you brave enough? Okay. Okay. So, Samuel, you come and sit up here for me. What I'm going to get you to do is just sit down right there. And Samuel is stuck. He's stuck in some mud. And he needs a rescue. He needs a rescue and he's looking for anything to cling on to. And so our good friend Ian here, he's gonna reach out this stick for you, Samuel, and you grab hold of that. You grab hold of that. Now, Samuel's got something to hold on to to stop him from sinking, but little does he know that our friend Ian is actually standing in the mud with him. (laughs) So I'm gonna come along, and I'm standing on solid ground, and Samuel, with your other hand, I want you to take hold of this one. Okay he's in a better position right now isn't he because at least he's holding on to this stick and I'm on solid ground but what does he need to do in order to be saved properly what does he need to do he's holding on with one hand to this and with one hand to that what does he need to do he needs to hold on with both hands to what to this to this side to the real rescue that's right He needs to leave go of that side and to hold on with both hands to this. Okay, well done. Good job. Okay, thanks, Ian. So you see, the people, they had turned to God partially, but they couldn't leave go of their idols, their false gods that were really no help to them at all. And Samuel said, if you're turning back to God, do it with your whole heart And you see what the people do? They do. They leave go of that false god, the false hope, and they turn to God with their whole heart. That's the only way that we'll see that they would be rescued, that they would be saved and safe. The people, we see in in verse 3 and 4, they they turn to God, they get rid of their their false gods, the the things we call Baals and Ashtaroths, Uh, just false gods. They weren't going to be any help to them and they turn to God, and then they repent, and we see what repenting is. It's turning fully to the person that can save you and can forgive you. That is, that is what we do when we realize that we need help, when we are sinful and we need to be forgiven. We turn to God, and we repent, and we take hold of Him. Well, the people, they cried out to God for forgiveness, and they said, we have sinned against you. That's part of what their repentance looked like. But just saying sorry actually isn't fully repenting because you have to repent and rely on the person that you were repenting to. And we see how that happens in the story here. The Israelites, they don't just say sorry, they depend on God. We see that when it says that they they went out and they poured out water and they fasted. They said to, to God that we need you more than we need food or water." And they said, "Sorry for their sins." And we will see, later on, that they continued to rely on God. They continued to rely on God. As things become difficult, as things become very scary, we see that their repentance it wasn't just empty words but they really relied on God. And, you know, this is important for us to learn from. These first two rus: repent and rely. We need to, to realize that, you know, even as Christians, we can, we can have a hold on things that we shouldn't have a hold on. We, should be, we, we can rely on things that we ought not rely on. We can, we can rely on jobs We can rely on friendships. We can rely on all of the good provisions that God has given us. And these are good things, but they become bad things when we rely on them to satisfy us instead of relying on God. And, you know, we can also be guilty of relying on ourselves to make ourselves right with God because this is our biggest need. This is the thing that we need more than anything else is to have a relationship with God. And so often we think that actually, you know, we, we need some of Jesus, but we need to do some stuff ourselves. And then God will like us. Then God will, will have a relationship with us. But if we're relying on anything other than Jesus alone, then we're relying in the wrong things. And so this is our, our lessons from our first two rows. We need to repent, turn to God fully, and rely on Him. And we're going to see how this plays out in the story in a little bit. But we're going to sing a song that tells us that God is big. God is strong. We have a great big God, and we can rely on Him. So we've, we've got two more rows in our story. We have, we have rescue and rejoice. Now, while I'm talking... If any of the kids want to do a bit of drawing, that would be actually very helpful because we're going to need what you're going to draw on at the end of our rejoice So, at the front here, Lisa and Dominique have some stones and I've got a special task for you to do. On these stones, I want you to write one way, or maybe more, one way that God has helped you in what way has God helped you? And you can draw a picture or you can write a word. So if you do that over there, that would be wonderful. Okay, and you can have a half an ear over this direction as well if that's possible. Okay, so we are in the rope for rescue. God's people had repented. They had declared that they are helpless without God. And, and we see what happens in the story. We, you, you know, often we think we've repented, we're relying on God. Well, surely things are now going to be easy. But that's not the case in this story. And it's never really the case in, in life either. You know, this, this next stage of this story actually just provides the Israelites, God's people, an opportunity to exercise their reliance in God, to show that actually this wasn't just words. And, and as God's people are gathered and repenting and Samuel is interceding for them, he is crying out to God on their behalf, saying, we have sinned. Well, the Philistines sense an opportunity. God's people are weak. They are in a vulnerable position. They're all gathered praying. What an opportunity the, Israel, the, the Philistines see to go and attack God's people and to, to destroy them. And the Israelites are terrified. They're afraid. And they know that they are vulnerable. They know that they are helpless, in fact. And so they don't do what they did before. They don't run and devise a, a battle strategy that involves good luck, good, good, good luck charms. What they do is they, they say to Samuel, Don't stop crying out to God for us, that He may rescue us, that He may deliver us. They know that their own strength and their own schemes will not save them. They need God Himself to rescue them. And so, we have here a picture of reliance upon God. And then we see God come and rescue We see him rescue his helpless people. God comes to the help of those who are helpless. It's what we see throughout this passage. Samuel, as this army of Philistines are advancing against him, he sacrifices a blemishless lamb, an unblemished lamb. And and this is the centerpiece of God's rescue plan. This scene of prayer and of sacrifice it looks to the Philistines like utter weakness it looks like God's people are easy pickings and so they advance against them but it is as Samuel prays to God and as Samuel is in the act of sacrificing this lamb we read God answered his prayer in the center of what looks like utter helplessness When the Philistines are marching in on them, closing in around them, a lamb is sacrificed. God answers. And then it says, God thundered from heaven. In the midst of this scene, God thunders from heaven and he terrifies the Philistines. If we'd read back to the the battles previously, The people had put up a great shout when they brought God's ark into battle as a good luck charm. They shouted and roared. The Philistines were frightened, but they fought back and defeated them. But when God thunders, they are terrified. The Philistines are in utter panic and they are routed. They are wiped out. God thunders against the Philistines when it looks like evil is advancing and is sure to win. God thunders, and it is as a lamb is sacrificed that God wins. And what a picture we have of the cross. What a picture of the gospel we have here in this scene. God's people are utterly helpless, and it looks like they're about to be overrun. Evil is advancing against them. And what is it that God uses to rescue his helpless people who are about to be overrun by wickedness and evil? It's the sacrifice of a lamb. As Jesus hangs upon the cross, he was sacrificing himself for us, for his helpless people. It looked like a picture of absolute weakness. The cross looks like weakness and it looks like evil is sure to win. But as Christ hung on the cross, as the lamb was sacrificed, God thundered from heaven against all evil, and against death, and he powerfully won the victory. God came to the help of his helpless people. In Israel, in First Samuel, God thundered from heaven as the lamb was sacrificed, as Samuel was sacrificing that lamb, and he rescued his people. And as Christ hung upon the cross, God thundered from heaven against all evil so that the sin in our lives... be fully and completely dealt with. Victory is won at the cross for us. What an amazing thing to take hold of. This rescue plan that looks like weakness, but God in this moment helps the helpless. Those who know that they are helpless and cry out to him for salvation are sure of his rescue. And then we come to the final rejoice. The the natural next thing for Samuel to do after, after God had come to the rescue of his people was to rejoice. And this is what he does. He remembers all that God had done for his people. And he sets up a stone and he calls it Ebenezer. And the word Ebenezer means stone of help. And Samuel said, till now, the Lord has helped us. The Lord has helped us, a helpless people. And it wasn't just that, that victory, I believe, that, that Samuel was rejoicing. It was every step of the way God had been with them, even those times where they didn't realize it. God had been with them to show that He alone was who they needed, to show that they on their own are helpless, but that He helps the helpless and he took them to the point of repenting and relying fully upon him so that his rescue for them was sure and they put a marker this stone this visible thing to remind them of all that God had done for them and and we come each Sunday to remember all that God has done for us The kids here are writing some things on stones to say the things that God helps them with. And God helps us daily, does he not? He helps us in ways that we see and ways that we don't. He provides for us food and houses and families and relationships. He provides for us all of these good things that we enjoy. He also provides for us things that are difficult, that we don't enjoy, in order that we might turn to him and know a better hope in him. Now, I'm going to ask the kids if they would come and they would bring their stones up onto the stage, and we will raise our Ebenezer here on the stage of all of the things that you have written. You want to come on up, James? You want to come on? And we'll put these stones on the... You'll get them back again, don't you worry. But just for now, let's put them on the stage. Just as Samuel did that day. We'll, we'll make a pile of rocks just right here. Okay? Let's just pile them there. And does anybody want to share any of the things that they've written on their stones? Callum, what have you written? Um, I, um, I drew a
1: picture of me at school doing lots of things. At
0: school? God helps you when you're at school. Good. Anybody else want to write anything or share anything they've written on theirs? Or any pictures they've drawn? Yes? Excellent. God saves us from our sins. Good. And we have a really great picture here. Somebody's drawn the cross on one of their stones. And you know what? We might have a lot of things that we could write on our stones, things that God has helped us with, helped us through the day when when life is difficult. But if we cannot write on our stones that God has saved us from our sins, then actually we don't have a lot to write. This is the thing that we need to remember more than anything. And I pray for all of us here that we would be able to write on our stone this Ebenezer, God has rescued me. Not just from the difficulties of life, but actually from death, from hell, from the punishment of sin that we deserve. God has rescued us through the sacrifice of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we We thank You that You indeed are the God who helps the helpless. And Father, when it comes to to the problem of our own sin and our own relationship with You, would You help us to see that we are utterly helpless to help ourselves? Would You help us to know that, that it is only in repenting and turning to You fully and relying on You fully that we can know the rescue that Jesus Christ died to secure for us. Lord, would you help us this morning to to repent, uh, to daily repent of of how even as Christians we we cling on to helpless things. Help us to let go of those and to hold fast to you this morning. And Lord, help us to, to know the joy of being known by you and being loved by you completely. And Lord, would you help us to rejoice and to remember all that you have done for us. Lord, we do thank you this Harvest Sunday for your provision of food and material things that we need day to day. Lord, we thank you that you feed us and you clothe us and you, you give us houses to live in. Lord, we, we thank you so much more for the rescue, for the salvation that is ours in Jesus Christ. And Father, we thank you for for all of the children here this morning. We thank you that this message is a message for them and a message for us. And Lord, we thank you that you you care deeply for each one of the children in this church. And Lord, we, we thank you that you know them completely And Father, we thank you for the the privilege that we have as a church to have so many children and families among us, and we we pray that you would help us to to grow more together in our knowledge and love of you. Lord, we thank you for the opportunities that we have as a church to, to go into schools. We thank you for the work of Scripture Union in schools in this area. Thank you for Bankery Primary and Hill of Bankery and we thank you for Crathus and for Aboyne and all of the primaries around, Lord, and we pray that there would be more and more opportunities for, for boys and girls in those schools to hear about the rescue that you offer in Jesus. Father, we, we pray for the outreach work that is done through street pastors, and we pray that you would help them, Lord, to, to reach out to those who are helpless and help them to, to reach out with the, the message of the gospel. Lord, we, we thank you that there is no one so helpless that you cannot help. And so we have great hope that the word that you have given to us is able to save everybody. Lord, we thank you for that. And, and Lord, we thank you for the, the work of Wycliffe Bible translators who, who put the Bible into languages so that people all across the world can read it and understand it. And we thank you that your rescue mission, your your message of salvation is going out in churches all across the globe this morning, and we pray that it would reach people who need help. Lord, people like ourselves, we need your help, and we thank you that in Christ we have true and certain help. And so we thank you for this morning, and we thank you that you are the God who helps the helpless. Amen.